Hello, I'm Paulina Cameron, and I'm the CEO of the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. We are a Canadian charity that educates, mentors, energizes, and connects women entrepreneurs to be wildly successful, promoting strong economies and thriving communities. To learn more about our programming, visit our website at www.fwe.ca. I am thrilled to be your host for FWE's podcast, The Go-To, for entrepreneurs in the know, sponsored by Scotiabank. I interview inspiring guests who will share their business success journey and provide crucial pieces of advice you can use today to move your business forward. Let's dive in. With me today in studio to talk about branding and marketing is Miriam Alden, Vancouver-based founder, creative director, and CEO of Brunette Showroom, Brunette the Label, and The Babe List. Much more than a clothing line, Brunette the Label is a celebration of and movement to uplift all babes all day, every day. A graduate of FWE's E-Series program, Miriam also speaks for our programs and we're so grateful for her support. Welcome to the go-to, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me this morning. So in launching Brunette the Showroom, what was your approach to establishing a new clothing brand and what vision did you want to bring to life? Well, when I originally launched Brunette Showroom, Brunette the label didn't exist. So I launched Brunette Showroom in 2009, which will be 10 years this October 1st, which is kind of crazy. And then I launched Brunette the label five years later. Originally, I launched it as a marketing tool for the showroom. I had grown the showroom for five years and I really wanted to create a voice for the brand. And, you know, brands do come and go. And so the showroom was representing other people's brands at this point. And I wanted to make sure that as the brands that we represented evolved, that we really had like a foundation as a company that really had our customers coming back to us not just because of the brands but because of who we were and so when I launched Brunette the label I launched it as a marketing tool for the showroom uh, we did an event and made backpacks and t-shirts that said Brunette is the new black and invited all traditional media and that was our very first piece and then very shortly after I made a sweatshirt that said Brunette is the new black and I wore it to a trade show and one of my clients said that's really cute I could totally buy that and then that's how it evolved. As a brunette, I really appreciate that. Thank <laughs> so thank you. you. <laughs> so that's a really interesting way to think about marketing. I mean, it's not traditional. It's not even digital or mm-hmm. online. You literally l- launched a clothing line as a mechanism towards that. When I started Brunette the Label, I guess it was to create a face for a brand that was for everybody. And then ultimately, Brunette the Label turned into products. And my main goal was to be clothing for everybody. So you've really successfully grown grown both a tangible product uh, line with your clothing as well as a service and movement through the Babe List. What are the key tools and resources you have used to build these strong brands both online and offline and in the ever-changing online world where things seem to change every single day? (laughs) What tools are you now looking to use to grow your businesses further? So I think my very first tools were honestly just people and relationships. And so the tools would have been trade shows and going and kind of getting in my car, driving out and meeting with my clients constantly. So face-to-face was really the way that I think it grew and I still tell people all the time you don't have to go to the fanciest biggest trade show but get out there go meet with your clients make sure that you internet because at that point we honestly would just go to the stores I would do research in advance finding out the brands that they carried a little bit more about the markets that the stores were in so when I went to go offer my brands to these customers I was just like hey I have these cute brands I think they would do so well in your store I made sure that I was educated on the store and I think that's really important and would you just look that up online or talk to the owner both 
I and I go if I could. I get I drove through the prairie so many times, <laughs> uh, just going to see all the stores. So I think that's number one. Now we use a lot, obviously Google Analytics, um, because I have an online store and that's been the highest growth within my company at this moment. So we use a lot of Google Analytics, Instagram. I think it's ninety five percent of all my social referrals come from Instagram through my direct to consumer business. So Instagram is huge. Um, honestly Google Docs because we share things with all of our reps across the US we have a customer service management system that's great but I think just traditional easy accessible things that people can use such as like Google Docs and things like that so you've really talked about the power of relationships be it with people who are seeing your work online and really connecting with it or in building out your media and marketing so in an apparel and retail industries which are quite quite crowded mm-hmm. internationally in the u.s here in canada and the barriers to entry every day seem to actually be getting lower mm-hmm. with technology and connectivity how have you navigated and continue to navigate the competitive landscape and what is the one thing you would recommend entrepreneurs think about around this I would suggest to people starting out, making sure that the product that they're making is really genuine to them. For me, it is. My brand is really, really genuine to me. I think one of the reasons why it's worked is because it is. I think there's a lot of new brands coming out there, and I think if you try to do what somebody else is doing, I just don't think it will work only because it's not really authentic. And it might work for a short period of time, but I think longevity happens when something is authentic. As well, I would say start slow. I mean, some people don't do it this way, but I really believe like you don't have to go sign up for the most expensive trade show and bring your brand, your new brand there. They're so expensive. Get in your car, go meet with people, like pick up the phone and kind of ask clients, customer, or sorry, pick up the phone and ask customers questions about what they're looking for and then make sure that the brand that you are selling or the product that you have is the right fit because there's nothing more frustrating for a customer to be like, I know you could sell this when they you don't know anything about them. And so I think the combination between the two is the reason why my brand has grown mixed with a little luck and a little good timing and great people. I have an amazing team and I started with just me and then my second employee is still with me nine years later Mm -hmm. and I've hired people across the US right now and everybody that I've hired within my team, I mostly hire for values and then train for skill. I don't really do it the reverse. I know I haven't really had the opportunity because I didn't receive funding so I really couldn't bring in like high level people because I never took on any sort of like financial loans or anything until last year was the first time I even got a line of credit. So I didn't really have the opportunity to just bring people in. So I hired these amazing people that came in with the same shared my values and cared as much about the company as I did. And we worked and trained together and grew together. So there's a lot of autonomy within my company with my team. Amazing. Well, Miriam, your values and the way you want to show up in this uh, in the world with your business shine through to me, and it's so uh, it's such a delight to get to chat with you about it. Thank you. Where so much. can people who want to learn more about the Babe List and uh, Brunette the Label, where can they go to find you online? Uh, you can find us on brunettethelabel.com. If you want to get the Babe List sent to you directly, you can go to babelist.com and sign up for a mailer, and we send them out once a week. And then personally, you can find me at Miriam Alden on Instagram. Thank you so much, Miriam, for joining us and sharing your brilliant branding insights. We're going to take a quick pause before we hear from our next guest. The go-to for entrepreneurs in the know is the outcome of a collaboration between FWE and the Scotiabank Women Initiative. Let's take a moment to hear from our generous sponsor. Joining us today is Laura Curtis Ferreira, 
Senior Vice President of Marketing for Scotiabank. Thank you for joining us, Laura. The Scotiabank Women Initiative launched in December 2018, and it is such a unique Canadian program. Tell us how the brand was conceived. It was really born out of the insight that small business owners, particularly women entrepreneurs, go into their careers not just to make money. Really, their motivation, more often than not, is about making an impact on their community and the world, which is never easy. When we conceived of a brand for Scotiabank Women Initiative, we wanted it to be as special and as unique as the people we were talking to. And at the core of the new brand was a symbol. It didn't matter what it meant to anyone else, but it really had to be powerful and speak to the women that we wanted to become part of this movement. What I would share with you is that a symbol can have a lot of power, but it can have unintended consequences. So when I think about using iconography, I think about the fact that we hired anthropologists to tell us what the consequences, what could this symbol mean? Make sure that you work with specialists who can tell you just as much about what the symbol's saying as about the risks associated with it. And we did our due diligence so that we'd have something that would last the test of time, but would also be meaningful in the way we meant it to be meaningful, which is power and equality and movement. Those were all the things that were important to us when we launched this program and when we launched the brand around it. And I think it is the iconography that takes it above being just a beautiful new brand towards something that's very compelling. Thank you so much for all of your support. To learn more, please visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Joining us by phone from Toronto today is Joanna Track, a serial entrepreneur and consultant on brand, digital and marketing. Most recently, she is the founder and executive publisher of The Bullet, a daily shot of news for Canadians. Joanna is also a longtime supporter of FWE, an E-Series speaker, and is one of our champions in Toronto. Welcome to the go-to, Joanna. Thank you, Paulina. I'm so happy to be here. Joanna, you started off as an entrepreneur founding Sweetspot.ca, a digital space for Canadian women to know what's new in their city. After a successful sale to Rogers Communications, you then launched Elux, an online shopping destination for women, and Good Eggs & Co., consulting other businesses on everything strategy. Based on your experience, what are the rules of exceptional branding that every business must follow? So what I've seen with a lot of um, entrepreneurs when they're starting businesses, it's really an exciting time, and everyone's so excited about the name of their company and the logo and the colors and um, all that stuff that's more fun and sexy. And what I always advise people is that is very important. You want it to be sharp and um, eye-catching and get people's attention. But what's equally, if not more important, is what does it all stand for? What is your elevator pitch? And so if you don't know what that is, what I mean is, how do you explain what your business is very succinctly? What does it mean? And how can you tell people that in a meaningful way? And not only tell them so they understand, but to make it exciting. And I mean, that might not be as visually as exciting as the aesthetic part of your brand, but without it, the, um, the physical, tangible assets like your logo don't really mean anything. Okay, and so what would be the first step to brand your business visually? Again, there's not a science to it, but I think, you know, what what feelings does it evoke and, you know, feelings and colors and fonts, they all go hand in hand. Um, if you can't afford it, you work with a designer who can take your thoughts and display them out in a graphical way. There's a lot of great online resources that you can make logos 
practically, well, not practically, for free. So play around with it. And again, utilize your network around you to get feedback and be open to honest feedback because, you know, if the people closest to you are the ones who are going to be the most honest and if it doesn't speak to them, then it's probably not going to speak to a broader audience. Another thing that I like to advise people is once you have that name and look and feel, you really should take whatever funds you have and make an investment in doing the trademark search and understanding if there are any conflicts. Because I've unfortunately seen too many people who fall in love with a name and idea and spend money on the branding only to find out you know, maybe three, six months or even 12 months later that some large corporation already has the rights to that name and you're not going to really have the strength to fight for it. So you're going to be back at ground zero. You mentioned some web resources for branding. Can you list a few that you know of? When it comes to creating your branding, there's a lot of very cost effective ways that you can get it done. There's a couple of amazing sites online that I've used and been really happy with. One is Canva and the other is Looka. And using these sites, you can, for free, actually create your logo and your whole branding look. And they're really great because with just a few clicks, you can have a choice of dozens of logos, dozens of colors, dozens of icons, and you put them together in so many different ways, and it allows you to take those ideas that are in your head, especially if you're not a designer or creative type person, and it takes those ideas and actually gives you the visual output so that you can react to it, and not only you, that you can then share with people in your network to get feedback from, and I've found it a really helpful and efficient way to get something without having to spend a lot of money. There is no shortage of ways to spend dollars, oftentimes very big dollars, in marketing. For small business owners or ones that are just starting out, what are some tangible ways and resources to ramp up in a cost-efficient, smart way and stretch each dollar? This is a great question and one that people ask me all the time. And the one area where I have had the most success business after business and year after year with this is working with like-minded companies and it's not even the like-minded companies we don't have to be in the same doing the same thing but companies that have like-minded audiences and working together to do forms of cross promotion so for example when I started sweet spot years ago um, at the same time rethink breast cancer was an organization was still relatively new and we banded together and helped each other to get the word out about our businesses so I would promote their upcoming events in my newsletter they in turn would give me exposure in all their materials for the events in their swag bags and it really was one of the biggest ways that I expanded the, my audience um, without having to spend very much money at all. So since then, I've employed that in every business that I have gotten off the ground, and it's been a really useful tactic for me. The other thing that everyone has the advantage of using now is um, social media, obviously. But what I'm obviously very passionate about, what's what I do every day in my business, is about creating meaningful and entertaining content. So writing a blog, an article, and getting it out there into the universe so people know what it is that you're trying to sell and what your point of view is on things within that industry. Um, and then 
with that, sort of secondary to that, if you're not ready to start writing long-form articles, another thing you can do is that within the industry you're in, trade publications, um, industry news, send a letter to the editor. If you see an article that sparks something in you, send something in. So maybe just your response will get posted and it'll start a dialogue and get other people aware of what you're doing. That's such a great way to build your business through those cross promotions. And I love the structure that you've shared around starting to share content online and how to build that up. So in the fast paced and changing world of marketing, what is the one thing entrepreneurs should consider as they expand their reach and grow their opportunities? So something that I have really tried to employ along the way, and the one time I didn't, um, I really regretted it, was to grow organically. Um, Don't try to bite off too much at once. Anyone who is an entrepreneur, part of what comes with that is having tons of ideas flying through your head all at once, which is very important, but you really need to focus on one thing at a time and make that thing turn into something, let it pay for itself, and then move to the next thing. And what goes with that is consistency. Make sure that everything you do ties back to that brand message and mission that you set out in the first place because you can get lost along the way if you try to do too much. Thank you so much, Joanna, for those valuable points. For those of you who want to find Joanna online or sign up for her daily shot of news, she can be found at her website at thebullet.ca and on Instagram at thebullet.ca. We would also like to thank everyone who has helped make the go-to a reality. From the incredible team at FWE who worked on all of the logistics, to Self-Hired, our amazing production team, to Hummingbird Translations, who are translating our podcast so you can also listen in French, and of course, to Scotiabank Women Initiative, our generous sponsor for this FWE podcast. You can learn more at their website at scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to listen to the rest of season one. You can find all of the resources our guests mention on our website at fwe.ca. We know it takes a village to build a business, so share your learnings on Instagram at fwecanada to help other entrepreneurs become wildly successful. See you next time.